We're learning by Yamda Kercha. We're in the Movo on page Vav. And we're learning about how when Avodah Hashem is taking place in the way that Hashem intended, it brings tremendous Tanuk HaNefesh, tremendous Hanah. That doesn't mean that that's why we're Avodah Hashem. That doesn't mean that without that we're not going to serve Hashem because we're soldiers and we're Avodah Hashem regardless of how we feel. And the and the underlying motivation of all of our Avodah Hashem is exactly that, to be Avodah Hashem, to serve Him and Lishma. But when one's Avodah Hashem is the way that Hashem intended, how it should be, it brings the person to tremendous, tremendous time, tremendous joy and pleasure. And it has to be that way. That's what we're learning. It has to be that way. Since the essential point of all that exists, the essence of all that exists is a lakus, the taste of the the taste of the food. Everything that we smell, everything that we experience, any pleasure that a human being is able to have is only from that point of elokus, that godliness inside of all that exists. Any connection that we make to that point of elokus brings einig. It's mislabesh. It becomes enclosed in the taste of the food and the beauty of the of what we're looking at, and whatever else that experience is. But it's elokus that's enclosed and encased in that in the pnimius of that part of 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 what Hashem has created, of, of, the, of the Nivra, of all Nivroim. We're up to footnote Hay on page Vav. I hope everybody has a safe or at least a, a, a picture of it. We're on, we're on page Vav, footnote Hay. Page Vav, footnote Hay, Bayam Darkecha. There is nothing other than Hashem. That doesn't mean that the world doesn't truly exist. The world truly exists, but its existence is elokus. It doesn't have its own independent existence. All that exists is only because of the Or of Hashem. And Hashem is Mashpia every second into what exists. Therefore, in truth, it's only the Or of Hashem that is always there and that gives life and existence to everything. Mitzad Atzma, Mitzad Atzma. Everything else exists, but not Mitzad Atzma. Nothing exists Mitzad Atzma. Only Mitzad that or of Elokus that's inside. Ve'ilo Mitzad Atzma Korach Atzma Kihu Etzem Kihu Etzem Hametzias Ve'ilo Hanevroim Hem Be'etzem Levush Ukli. Everything else that exists is a Levush, is a garment, is a Kli. Laor hachius apnimi for that inner light of life. Shenishba b'soicham b'kol rega v'rega. It's every single second being infused to reality. Memela einim nachshavin tovar atzmi. Doesn't have nothing has its own existence. Ul nivra gam ein shum koch atzmi, and therefore nothing that was created has its own independent koch. Ela kol koch or rakshel Hashem esbarach. All the koch is only from Hashem. Hashem is hidden. And he reveals his koach and his or by way of all that exists. But in Pneumius, it's him. It's only him. And each nivra is a shliach of Hashem. Hashem created that nivra, even though we can't understand. What's the purpose of that that funny little fish at the bottom of some ocean, like miles down in the ocean. We can't understand how that's part of Shahakal Baruch 
We don't understand, but it is somehow. It's a shliach. It does, it carries out, it carries out whatever pulos it needs to carry out to be, to be the food somehow for something else in the whole stalshlus of creation. Hashem made it. And everything that exists has achrayas for its, for its, for its particular tafkid in creation. Last is a shlichusokirtsanashem's barach. To continue on with it, shlichus kirtzayin Hashem, and only a human being, of course, is is a bal to make that choice and that decision. A marshal of a person who put a a teaspoon of honey into some into some tavshil, and that the taste of the honey. Is what gives the tavshil its its taste, its good taste, and 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 the only that the person has is from the is from the teaspoon of honey that's inside. Vine imkaf achas betavshil shalem kol kach ma ma neges. Now I don't I don't see the honey. I don't even know that it was ever put in. But I know that I'm having a tremendous oinig from this tavshil. I'm enjoying this tavshil. Now, if one has so much pleasure from that teaspoon of honey, the honey itself, if one would taste the honey itself, certainly the honey itself has tremendous sweetness, tremendous masikus. So when we experience something in this world that we enjoy, that we enjoy, that is a teaspoon of elokus that we enjoy. What we're enjoying is the elokus. What we're experiencing is the elokus. And we enjoy that. Allah has come of a come of a person would be able to taste elokus itself. But that's true even, of course, from something that we don't enjoy. But it's elokus itself that is the taste, the flavor and the existence of that we're experiencing. Zain. <laughs> The whole that whole concept of Tanug, who har goshas chibor had nivra im or habayre. The whole etzem hamusag of Tanug is that feeling of a connection that the nivra has with the light of the bayre. That's what it is. Chibor had nishame im sharsha. The connection of the neshama with its shayrish, zuhi hamahus haamitis shel hatanug, that is the true mahus of tanug, his chabrus hanivra imor boyray, ella shezem mezgala baharbe minetsurais, but that is revealed in many ways. Avo pnimius kol tanug sheyesh boylam, but the pnimius of any tanug that there is in the world, regardless of what the levush is. The pnimius of that tanug, he should toman sham nitzaitz or eloki. That there's hidden there that nitzaitz, that spark of that or elokus, va nefesh misaneges rak olav, and the whole tanug that the nefesh has is because of that nitzaitz. Back inside now it says dalit tanugas hasheker shalayetzer. Omnam, however, afilu shemesi shekola tanugim him rak me anitzaitz shel hashemis baruch. Even though the truth is that all the tanugim are only from that spark of elokus, that light of Hashem inside this nivra, but in order that we have bechira, and all of life is filled with nisyanis, and therefore every encounter that I have with anything that exists and any experience in my life, there's always going to be that free choice, and that nisyan, that test. And what is the test? Nitan Karach Leklipas. Hashem has brought created the world in such a way, which the Sifrei Kabbalah describe in great detail, the whole Seder of the Ishtalshlus, of how HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought about that reality that hides his existence, the Klipas. Nitan Karach Leklipas, Lahat Adam. Hashem created the koach of klipas, of these coverings, 
in order to in order to deceive us, in order to test us. To present reality, there are koiches and there are noes chutz me Hashem outside of Hashem. Kizelu mazer also elokim. Kizelu mazer also elokim. For all that exists in kedusha, there is that anti kedusha that is covering, that is covering Hashem. Uchenegad atanu gamiti b'Hashem is baruch. Yeish es dimyon tanuga haklipas. Uchenegad that that. Unbelievable Tanug, the true Tanug of Hashem, of Alakus, there is that imagined Tanug that the Klippus presents. The imaginary Tanug that the Klippus presents, and one believes that it's coming from, the, from something else, not Hashem. Shemenasais lefatais es ha'odam lehenus metanugayim. That is given the shlichas to deceive a person. Ki'ilu, the Hana is coming from those klipas and the tanu, from those tanugim. Avabemes kol tanugayim heim tanugay sheker reikim. But the truth is that all of those tanugim are tanugay sheker are tanugay sheker reikim that don't have true mitzvahs. It's not real mitzvahs. That's why I explained. I, I explained a little bit last week that a person doesn't, that at the end when a person indulges in the tanugim of this world, believing that these tanugim exist independent of Hashem and it's not a locus, he doesn't enjoy them afterwards. Only Bishas Maise at the time of the Nisayin, he's excited and it's interesting. But afterwards he doesn't, he doesn't have any excitement and, and oftentimes he feels just disgust and self-loathing. Even though at the time of the Nisayin, there was nothing that was more exciting to him. There was nothing that gave him more intense pleasure. This was the most pleasurable thing he ever experienced. And he, and he, did, he went to the other end of the world to be able to experience this intense pleasure, this Tanug, which for the moment of the Nisayan he experienced, but the moment that it's finished, it was something that was sickening to him or meaningless to him. When it comes to, when it comes to something that a person does that is mi'olam hamitziyas, even though b'shas he he didn't really feel like doing it. But you don't find people that regret, even Jews that went off the derech, that went away from the Yiddishkeit. I've never spoken to somebody that says, I, I can't believe I wasted my life putting on tefillin so many times. I never met anybody like that. I've spoken to a lot of people who stopped putting on tefillin, but I never met people who said, wow, I could have really used those, those 40 minutes every day in a much better way. I never met anybody like that. They'll say that it's not for me. Or you find somebody that spent... I remember talking to a, to a survivor uh, in Queens who his grandson told me was known back in, in, in Galicia as a tremendous Tamil Chacham when he was a young man. And after the war, he stopped everything and he, he would make jokes because he knew how to learn. So when you would talk to him, without Yamaki, he'd start talking and learning. I remember the way he spoke. He, he, everything he said was from different Gemaras and Rishayim. He was like, he, he, he remembered everything from when he was, from when he was a, a, a yeshiva bacher. And he made fun of Yiddishkeit. But, but talking to him, I asked him, so I, I asked him, so do you, do you, uh, you wish you never had, had learned all this Gemara? So, as a bacher, he went through Shas and he knew everything. So he just had this look in his eyes, and he and he became serious for a moment. I remember we were we were standing on Main Street in Queens, and he had this look in his eyes. Because my I was right, was a very close friend of mine, was a grandfather, and I used to go there. We were friendly, and he said he said that he just stopped and he stopped with the jokes. He was always joking, and he said that the Emmys is that those were the best years of my life. So what do you what, what do you mean those best years of life? If 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 I spent years doing something that was a, a meaningless waste of time because I, because I don't believe it's true I don't believe that it's true then, then 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 why would I look back and say those were the best years of my life those are the, I would say that I can't believe I wasted you know 15 20 years of my life with nothing doing nothing sitting over, sitting over some old books and talking about people fighting over uh, fighting over some some ridiculous uh, 
irrelevant point uh, of learning. No, those are the best years of his life. And I never met a person that 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 that, uh, that re- regretted his his Yiddish guy. Like I've often mentioned, the Kedusha Levi said, "I've never met a Jew that made a him for completing a certain amount of averus." Never met a person that celebrates his averus. He does averus. Bishas he gives in, and he fails that test that Nisayin Habachir, and he doesn't, and he and he and he's looking for that phony tonic that's presented in the lavush of that moment, in the covering of elokus of that moment. But he's not he's not proud of it. He's not excited afterwards about it. He doesn't. He doesn't feel that that was something that, that made his life important or meaningful. But any nice thing that he ever did, uh, 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 any ma'isim toivim, any mitzvah, any tefillah, he looks back and says that uh, those, were the, those were the best years of my life when I was sitting in yeshiva and I was learning. It's because in retrospect, when the Nisoyin has already passed, the person is able to see the truth. That the truth is that the Avera that I the Avera that I did was a failure on my part. A failure. It was a terrible, terrible failure on my part. And I caved into that to that deception of the Sahara, or as the Mashal the Balshamta of the Zaina, that that woman of uh, of ill repute that was sent by the king to test whether or not I'm a true Evid, a true son of the king, an Evid of the king. And when one looks back and you're not in the moment, the heat of the moment, the passion of that, of that taiva, of that avera. So then you're able to see it really for what it was—that it was nothing but uh, it was nothing but a test, and that you failed, and that you feel a sickness and a regret if you're able to admit that to yourself. There are people that can't do that because they can't possibly acknowledge that they've wasted their lives, and worse than that, doing all kinds of averas. But that's all that it is. But when it comes to the good things that a person does in his life, like you have, like I've mentioned, that, that uh, I, I mentioned to you uh, a few months ago, that I, I, I once, I don't remember if I heard or I read, how Aburi Zohar was describing what, what brought him back to, what brought him to Yiddishkeit. He was the most popular entertainer in Eretz back in the 60s. In the early 70s, and he became a big Balshuva, and he's been learning Torah for so many years. He's a Chacham. <clears throat> that caused a huge tidal wave in Israeli society when Uri Zohar did Shuva. And I, I, I once heard that he spoke about how, you know, what what is it that what what is it that turned him around? And he said that one of the chevra died. Uh, I, I'm sure many of you remember is that one of the one of the his chevra died of an overdose. Uh, of the musicians, the entertainers died of an overdose, and he was in Tel Aviv, and they, there was a levai, and he, and, they, and he was in the shul, and and he said that one one masbid after the other masbid got up and was saying about how this guy, the, this guy that died, you know how he was good to his mother. I get something he said how he was mechabed his mother, and how he would call his mother every day, and he would go visit her. The other one said that he would go to visit kids in the hospital and sing for them. And this one said, you know, well, whatever. On Yom Kippur, he would fast on Yom Kippur and he kept some of the Chagim. These were the Hespedim. So Uri Zohar said that he was sitting listening to the Hespedim and he was, and he was mamish going crazy. He said, I wanted to get up and to, and, to, and to scream out the truth and to say a Hesped of what this person spent most of his life doing, which was, which was messing around with women, drinking and taking drugs, he also he also was unbelievably dishonest in his business dealings, and I wanted to get up and say a hesped for his true accomplishments. Because that's what he gave. Ninety nine percent of his life was devoted to averus. He called his mother. He also called his mother. But ninety nine percent of his life was was, was mama. She was dovok to the sadara. So Urizora said that why why aren't and he said even our friends got up. You know they put on a yarmulke. And they got up, you know, almost like half drugged or something. And they said, hey, you know, he was a great guy. And uh, was, he had a good heart. And, he lo- you know, he loved children. It's okay. All that, was, was, there, was, there was something of that. But if you really, really believe that taking drugs and, and running around with, with girls, if you really believe that, 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 that that's something that is good, then say, Hesper, that there was nobody... That was there's nobody that did 
the Averis as well as our friend who just died. He was an unbelievable, terrific Balaveir. And not Averis, he, he, he did what he wanted to do in life. He lived his life, you know, to the fullest. He, he went everywhere and did Averis with people everywhere he went. Why not, say, why not say the truth? If that's what we're all proud of, if that's the purpose of our lives, and a husband is supposed to be to extol the virtue of a, of a person, so then let's talk about what's virtuous about, about our friend that died. What's virtuous is that he stole a lot of money, he drank a lot, he, he smoked a lot of weed, and he, and he, and he cheated on his wife for, for 30 years. And let's talk about what was virtuous about him. So, so Uri so I said, I was thinking about what I want that stuff being said by my Leviathan. The stuff that I'm just thinking I would like to say a husband for my friend about, about what he really accomplished, his true accomplishments in life. He said, no, I would want somebody to also say that I fast on Yom Kippur. So to choose that one moment of a year, the rest of the year he's eating tarfus. On Yom Kippur he fasted, but I would like that to be my husband. The one, the one day of the year that I didn't drive the car, that I fasted, that, that's what I want to be my husband. If I want that to be my husband, it means that I believe that that, Urizara said, I believe that that's the ultimate tov. It must be that that's, the, that's tov. And the other stuff is ra. Because I wouldn't, I would, I would hate if they got up and told the stuff that I really do with my life. Besides Yom Kippur, I would hate if they got up and told the true story of my life. So the, the, the so the, te- the terrorist is that, is that, um, I, I, in retrospect, I'm able to identify Tov and Ra, and I'm able to make that distinction between what's, what's real and what's not real, what's right and what's wrong. But Bishas Maise, a person, has a hard time doing that. At the moment that the, the moment that the person's in that, it's very, very hard to do that. He's lost in the Klippas. Avabemes kol tanugeyem heim tanugey sheker All those tanugim that they're not saying in the hesped, that they're not saying in the hesped. Sometimes, you know, you're sitting at a hesped, you're sitting at a levaya, and they're saying certain things about the mace. You know, you, you don't want to do anything, you know, you know, you don't want to mess up the whole thing. But, like, if you look at the friends or the other people, would say, I don't know, it's not the guy that I know. No, it doesn't mean that he didn't do some nice things. But if you really want to describe his life, you know, I could do a much better job. Of describing what, what what his life was really about, I would do a much better job than this rabbi got up and he said a couple of psukim and he went like this and he cried a little bit. And he said, "And that's and that's who our that's who our friend Yossi was. Yossi was a person who loved life. You ever hear these things? Who loved life? Yeah, Rabbi, just, why don't you tell everybody what he loved about life? He loved life. What does that mean? It means he, he he'd rather be alive than dead? That's like a that's a big milo. It's the same thing by an earthworm." What did he? What did what did Yossi love about living? You know what he loved about living. He's, it's just not good material for a husband. But you know exactly what he loved about living. It's going to be Shabbos in a few hours. It's going to be a few hours. Going to be it's going to be it's going to be Shabbos. So they're going to say by our husband, "Oh, Moshe, he loved Shabbos. He lived for Shabbos." What does that mean? That I loved Shabbos. You love Shabbos. You live for Shabbos. Especially the winter Shabbos. Oh. What does that mean? Is that you had your head in the soup? What does it mean that you love Shabbos? What does it mean to love Shabbos? Again, you love life. You love Shabbos. As opposed to the six days of the week, you love Shabbos? That's a big madrega? Or you'd rather be with your family, eating your favorite food, than what? Then being with your boss telling you that you're fired? That's, 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 your, that's how much you love Shabbos. What does it mean to love Shabbos? And when a person, when a person writes his own husband, when you write your own husband about what is it in life that was important to you, what you're going to write down is the truth of that presence of Elokus in those moments of your life, if you're honest. Not the not the the Klippas. The Klippas. The Klippas person's embarrassed about the Klippas, in retrospect. Shasmais, that's all you see are the Klippas. But in retrospect, Kamesha Kosov, 
Al tisav lemata moisav v'hulechem kizavim. It says in Mishlei, do not eat a stingy man's food. Do not crave for his sweets, for they are counterfeit food. That's what it says in the translation. It was the the klipas present a certain way, but it's called Shlomo Melech called it counterfeit food. You're enjoying this. You're enjoying this food. But it's called lechem kizovim, counterfeit, phony. It's phony food, lechem kizovim. What you're enjoying, what you're enjoying is the nitzaytzev elokus from that pleasure that you're having in life. What you imagine that you're enjoying is counterfeit. It's not real. It's e mitzivs. It's something which is not real. It doesn't have. The true mitzvahs of everything that exists is ein od milvada, and what you're what you're enjoying is the ein od milvada. What you imagine that you're enjoying is the lavush and the klipa, is the covering, is the klipa. That's what you're imagining is the source of your enjoyment. But after the enjoyment is finished, then you don't feel good about it because it wasn't real; it was imagined. It wasn't real. What you thought was the pleasure was not the pleasure. What you identified as the pleasure is not the pleasure. So you're running, you're chasing after this taiva. You're chasing after this taiva. And you think that when you're going to look at this picture, that it's going to give you such, such pleasure. And at the moment that you look at this, you, you, you fill yourself with that picture, with that taiva, Khalila. You fill yourself with that taiva. And afterwards, you, afterwards the rest of, the, the, rest of the, the day or the rest of the night, you feel like. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What's, how, could I, how could I have done such a thing? Why not get up and tell the whole world that these are your pleasures, this is what you enjoy, and feel proud of your, of your tithes and tell your children. And, and, and if, you, if you have chas v'shalom, if your son is being tested in these ways, you could say to him, don't feel bad about it, don't listen to what they tell you in yeshiva, I enjoy, I still, I'm, I'm, I'm 45 years old and I still enjoy those tithes. So you should have, have a good, enjoy them. That's, that's what you're here for. You were created to have these pleasures. Don't deny yourself those pleasures. It's not healthy. It's dangerous for you to deny yourself your pleasure. And I, I still, you know what? We can have a chavrusa. At 9 o'clock, you and I will sit down by the, by the computer together and we'll have chavrusa in that tithe. I mean, that's what a person should say. After all, this is something that you've been doing for 20, 30, 40 years. So make a chavrusa with your son. If you believe in it, no. The last thing in the world that you want is that your son should look at such a thing. Because like Rav Tzadik says, the panemius of a father is his son. The panemius of a parent is the child. What you really want for yourself, the tanuk that you really want for yourself, is what you want for your kid. Therefore, you, all you want is for your kid to enjoy the Gemara. That's all you want. All you want for your kid is to, is to, is to enjoy uh, a gishmak That's all you want. That he, should, that he should enjoy uh, going to shul. That's all you want. You don't say to your kid when he's lying there, Shabbos morning, you try to wake him up, move over. <laughs> you have some place, you have some space, because that's what I really feel like doing. I don't want to go to shul. I don't want to go to shul. You have some of these healthy backyard minyanim people that are going to hold on to it like and they're going to be frozen like icicles holding on to these, holding on to these outdoor minyanim. It's like a way of phasing out of shul. That's what it's become for many people. Not chas v'chalila for people who have to or whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, for guys. There was a guy that I was spoke to on the phone. He said, I, I didn't really... <coughs> I don't really know him, but he, he called me up about something. I said, and he, he lives in the neighborhood. I said, you know, it'd be nice to meet. Why don't you stop by the shul once? I'd like to see. I'd like to meet you. He said, I don't I don't go to shuls now. He's like, uh, you know, I was like forty years old, so I didn't ask him. Maybe he has some kind of a sickness. So I'm John Donald Kavskus. I don't go to shuls now. I'm not sure what's the Indian, you know. But what are these people going to do? So Shabbos morning, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna say to your kid, move over? No. It might be hard for you to go to shul, and maybe it's, it's talk, it would be nice to stay a little bit longer in bed. How, how long could a person stay in bed? Especially these, if people go to bed Friday night, like at 7.30. I don't know. 
the, the wife's thinking about calling the rabbi to make a hesped over there by the bed. <laughs> or people doing what do you have to do for so many hours. So, you don't want your kid to stay in bed. You, you want your kid to jump up and say, Moidan, you know, Daddy, Abba, Tati, Shul is the best thing in the world. Let's go, let's go, let's go. You want your kid to wake you up. And say, come on, we're going to go daven. There's a is waiting for us. Let's go daven. He's waiting for our tefillahs. That's what you want your kid to do. So why don't you do it? It's hard. Because you're as big a baby as your kid that's in bed. That's how life is. But what the truth is, you know. The truth is that you should be jumping up and screaming like the Rebbe Zushu. That's the truth. But the lavush of that time gives when your head's on the pillow. Oy, the blanket is good. A Shabbos morning in the winter. After sleeping for 14 hours, the blanket is still good and the pillow is still good. For children. It's a taiva. It's a taiva. And that feeling of, of warmth and comfort, that coziness, the moitzeh pi Hashem is halukus, and all of that, that time. But the person will still come, 35, 40 years old, 45 years old, still comes to shul, 10 minutes late, 20 minutes late. Can't bring himself to come to shul. 40-year-old man comes to shul, 10 minutes late, 15 minutes late. Can't bring himself to do Can't tear himself away from the pillow, or from the coffee, or whatever it is. That has always been a mystery to me. What exactly do the people do during those 15 minutes? You know what I mean? That, that they come late? What's the Indian of those 15, 20 minutes? What's that Indian? The ones who consistently come late. What's that Indian of those 15, 20 minutes? Every single Shabbos. What happens during that time? They're late getting up. Again, it's like after 14 hours, they're late. 15, 20 minutes. And then, you know, you have these guys, they like run into shul 15, 20 minutes late. Like they're in a hurry to go to shul. What is it? It's the, ta- it's the tanug of whatever that tanug is. I don't know what it is. People are having coffee. They're having a Danish. They're reading a newspaper. They're, they're, they can't get out of bed. It's already, it's already 8 o'clock in the morning. They can't get out of bed. If they're going to bed at 8 o'clock, they can't get out of bed. What is it? Whatever that tanug is, you don't want that for your kid. There's, there's not, I, I'm sure that if I would ask any, anybody in, in any shul, are you hoping that your child spends his entire life coming 15, 20 minutes late to shul? I would like to think, it could be I'm very naive, that he would say, no, nah, I'd rather my kid come on time. So all the years, you still can't, over, you still can't deal with this time, with this pleasure of whatever you're getting in those extra 15, 20 minutes if the davening would, ha- if he would feel a tanug in his davening, then he would want to be there early. If, if davening was something that gave him pleasure, if he would be able to identify the source of his, of his tanug, he would be in shul, he'd be the first one in shul. So the, so the, the klipas are called counterfeit food. Lechem kezavim, counterfeit, phony. It looks like it's real, but it's not real. Just like a phony dollar bill. It looks like it's real. You pass it off as being real. But in the end, you get arrested for it. It's just how it is. In the end, it doesn't buy you anything. And, and even though you're able to, you, you thought you were able to use it for something, but in the end, it, it's not worth anything. It's counterfeit. Look at footnote Ches. Klipas. Heim kinwe lesitra Klipas is one of the kinuyim, one of the names that are used for the other side. The other side, the choice of the other side. Why is it that the Swarm call, the Swarm call, the Yetzahara Klipas? Because the same way that the peel covers the fruit. Ad that when the person looks at the fruit, when you look at the orange, the banana, you don't see the fruit itself. 
So to the Klippas cover the truth of Hashem's presence. That a person who is looking at things from the outside he sees the peel and it seems to him that, that that's the that's the Metzius. And that the world is just going according to that outer casing. And our Avaita throughout all of life is to be careful with this. All of life is to is to peel away the klipa. To peel off the klipas. All of life. Now sometimes it's a klipas naiga. In other words, sometimes the klipa is like a kosher piece of food, an apple and an orange, whatever. And there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. It's just if you eat it and forget that there's Hashem's baruch, you don't make a proper bracha, so then you fell into the into the into that darker world of the klipas. But the thing itself is not evil. It's a piece of kosher food. But then you have the klipas of Ra, Mamish, Mamish, the klipas of Ra. But the job, Benkach or Benkach, the job is for a person to take off the klip, to peel off the klip. Ula gila pri, and to get to the fruit. Shiha emes hapnimis, which the emes hapnimis is the fruit, is elokus. Da'inu, Lirai says, Metzias Hashem is barbachaldava. Liras is Metzias Hashem is Baruch B'chaldover, what Rabbi Nachman calls in the first Torah, HaSeichel Shebechaldover. That which is called HaSeichel Shebechaldover, the Bechina of Yaakov Avinu, who is the Bechar, the true Bechar is Yaakov, the Reish is the beginning, which is Elokus. Esav is counterfeit, is the counterfeit um, um, Klippa. That's Esav. Esav is the counterfeit. And Yaakov is 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 that koach of the Bechayra, of the true Bechayra, of the beginning, of the races. Which Rabbi Nachman explains in the first Torah, which is the chain, the real chain and all that exists is the Seichel Shabbachaldav, Hashem's presence in all that exists. And that's the name of Yaakov Avinu. And when a person when a person is able to go beyond the klipas and get to the rashis, the beginning, the beginning, the essence. So that's where the chen, that's where one is able to experience that beauty, that chen of the side of Elokus. Esav is, is the counterfeit, is the lechem kizavim. Footnote test. We need to understand how did the Klippas have this koach to deceive? Kilo there's some tanug, there's some innate, independent tanug in this in this klipa. How does it do that? Divay the same way that in everything that exists, yes, nitzayt selokisha mechay oisai. There's nitzayt a spark of elokus that gives it its life, its existence. Kmoishikosuv, as it says in pasuk, vata mechay es kulam, vata de vata Hashem is mechay es kulam. As agam leklipas, yes, nitzayt shemeyolam. The klipas, of course, also have that nitzayt. That or in something that's also in something that's forbidden, it's Bahaloma Atsuma. It's in a tremendous, tremendous state of Ha'aloma, of concealment. And it's hidden under many, many, many Levushim. Commission Niska Bazara Kodesh delays Biriya Ba'alma. The Zohar says that there's nothing in the world that doesn't have in it that 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 tiny bit of light that's hidden from the side of holiness. 
But how long? In something that's also, as the Tanya explains, we spent a lot of time on those prakim in the Tanya. It's very, very, very covered. Until one doesn't recognize, remember at all. But since the Nitzites is covered in the Klippa, it seems to the person, it seems that the pleasure, the Tanag, is from the Klippa itself. Because that's all that you're looking at, that's all that you understand, that's all that you're thinking about, that's all that you recognize is the Klippa, is the Lavush. So, so you imagine that, that that's what you're in. That's that's the source of your tana. The shatana gemei klipatzma mehaver from the aver. The same way that when it's cold out and you're wearing a heavy coat, and you you're enjoying the warmth of that coat, so you think that what you're enjoying is is that piece of uh, of, of a behemoth of some animal that was made into a coat or, or whatever if it's a, made some, from some synthetics you think that that's, that that's the tonic that's the hana but what you're really enjoying is the warmth not the coat you don't enjoy the coat the same with when you, that when, you, uh, when you're eating the food you don't, you're not enjoying uh, if you're having, if you're having a, a, a good steak you're enjoying a cow that's what you're enjoying no you're enjoying the taste of the, of the steak and the taste itself is the, is the, is the, it comes, it's the elokus of Maitsipi Hashem. Not, you're not enjoying a cow. Well, you go to a farm, you go to give, you, you go to the cow, it's a and you go and you take a bite of the cow. This is what's the matter with you. You say, what are you, what are you talking about? I have, you know, I, I, I spent uh, $200 having the most expensive piece of you in Manhattan a few days ago. The cow says, get out of here, I'm going to kick you in the head. I'm a cow. He said, no, you're just a big steak. It's not the tonic that you have as a cow. The cow was shechted, and after it was shechted, it went through all the it went through all of the stages that it needed to go through, both in halach and as far as the Department of Health is concerned, whatever. Until finally, it ended up on your plate, and you were dumb enough to pay two hundred dollars for a piece of meat someplace in Manhattan because of the ambiance. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe there's no such thing as two hundred dollars steak. I don't know if there's such a thing. I exaggerated, but. I never had such a thing. I don't know if there is such a thing, but could be there was a two hundred dollars steak. Maybe it was like aged. They have things like that. Because I was once taken out by some. My wife and I were taken out by some some gavir, and they said, and, and he was telling me that this steak is is aged. And I said, well, like, why would I want to have an old steak? <laughs> I know my mother was always looking for a fresh steak, and this guy's giving me an old steak. No, you don't understand. It was aged, smoked in a. It was, it was waiting for you for, for, for 50 years this day. It's a strange person, the Klippa, a person spends, spends $200 for, $200 for, for what? For, for a piece of a cow. <coughs> that it went through all of that, the Meshach that it went through all of the Malicha, everything it went through to come to that plate so that you should come there. And enjoy the steak, but you really spent two hundred dollars for a nitzayitzavelokus, and then you could say, well, maybe it's worth it. Yeah, but it's a dumb way to spend your money. You can get it. You can get it uh, without spending that kind of money. But that's all it is. It's not. You're not enjoying the coat. You're not enjoying the cow. You're enjoying the warmth in the winter of having a coat on, and you're enjoying the you're enjoying the taste of of this food. That's what you're enjoying. And if you keep on peeling things away. If you keep on peeling things away, so then you come to the you come to the lukus, and it also helps you to not to be so excited about the 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 taiva chitzonis that chitzonis de taiva that you. So if you, if you're sitting down and, and you were, and you had the pleasure of being taken out also by some gvir to some to some fancy restaurant, and you're sitting there and they put this they put this two hundred dollar steak, which is usually I mean not that I've ever seen one, but the most expensive was when I run with these people is that it has less of a taste than the one that you throw onto your own barbecue that you got, right? So you're sitting there, and if you look at it and you start thinking about this cow, 
and you ask the you ask the maitre d, would you happen to have a picture of the cow? I'd like to. I feel it's only right that I be introduced to this cow. So if you would go, if you go out to whatever to Iowa, and uh, and and they take and they say, this is the cow Nabuch is dead. You understand? You ate that, but this is his brother. <laughs> this is his brother. So you say, you know, your brother. What can I tell you about your brother? What he did for me. Your brother. It's a cow. It's a cow. It's a clipper. And if you think of, and if you think about Bishas Maisa, you're able to peel away and 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 see it for what it what it what it is, which its its whole thing is an Isai. It's a Bakira, either Elokos or not Elokos. That's all that it is. And you, you, you make the mistake to think that that's, what's, that's what it is that's good. What's good is this klipa. Therefore, you have tremendously The same way in the cow, there's no nothing. And the same in the coat, it's nothing. It's a piece of material. There's no toiv in anything. You just peel it away, and then you get, oh, no, the toiv is warmth. The tov is, is nourishment, whatever. And you keep on peeling, and you get tashab. It's all a matter of continuing on with the peeling. And if you keep on peeling, you get tashab. The one who is tricked, and he goes for the klipa, in order to have that tanuk that he sees, that he believes and imagines is in the klipa itself, not in what's inside the klipa. Even though you have pleasure for a moment, you enjoy it. At the end of the day, even though the steak costs two hundred dollars, you're still, you know, taking some pepto bismol afterwards. You went all the way to the city. Because it wasn't good to go to one of the local restaurants, so you went all the way to the city to get this. This is the this is the steak of the century. It's old, and you went all the way to the city to get the old steak, and now you have the same. You have the same Indian afterwards. Means nothing. It means nothing. You have the same upset stomach. Unless you're one of those people, you'll sit around reminiscing about the steak. Oh, did I have a gewaltige steak? And and you come and and you come like the shul. So, and, and the second you get in, you say, guys, you got to go to this place I found in the city. You gotta, you gotta check this place out. I had a steak there. Wow. That's like shaita plus plus plus. The ones that reminisce over the taivas. It, it lingers with them. The the taiva lingers. A more chash of a person. The second the taiva is finished, it's just it was just a cow. Let's go home. But the less chosh of people, the taiva has a way of lingering. Guys, you gotta, ha- you gotta check this place out. Yeah, where is it? No, it's not in the regular places. It's I found this. It's this glakosha little corner, someplace downstairs, and there, there you will find it. There you will find it. And he's still thinking about it. But three days later, he's still saying that was a, that was a, a, an experience. Wow. There are people here that spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on vacation. Do you, afterwards, you, you, you think back on, what do you think back on? Is that it was nice to spend some time with your wife and kids. But you think back on, really, that was like a hush of a palm tree. What a hush of a palm tree. And if you do think back on that, show it to plus. Plus, plus, plus. Like they say in Israel. So. You got to find this palm tree. How much did it cost you to get to that palm tree? It cost me around $40,000 to get to that palm tree. I'll watch it on television. $40,000 palm tree. Yeah, but I, it's really, really nice there because I had some guy that brought me a drink under the palm tree and made my cushion good for me under the palm tree. Do you still think about that stuff? But these are the Nisiyanis of, of, of 2020. So it's for that moment. Mikal Mokam, Besoifer Shodover, Besoifer Shodover, Tommy Tommy, who yates him Ugzav, 
at the end, it's, it's always disappointing. It really doesn't live up to the expectations, even though you're talking about it because you want to be Malam on yourself, you want to make believe that this was the greatest pleasure in the world. But, it, but inside of you, it, it never equals what you expected it to be. It just doesn't. It doesn't equal what you expected it to be. Because even though that first moment, when you meet up with that spark of Elokos, and you enjoy, but a second later, the Nitzayis disappears in the Gashmiest of what you're indulging in. It just disappears. For that second, there was that pleasure. Since the whole Mahusa of that Nitzayis is that it's Or Hashem, the next page, you can't have a Lukus with a Maise Shalissa. So it disappears. If it's a Maise Shalissa, it disappears. The pleasure goes away. Because there cannot be any con- ongoing pleasure from something that's also For a Jew, there can't, be, there can't be such a thing. It cannot be. And if you think that you're having that, it's because you're imagining it to be because you don't want to look at yourself in a bad way. And you're just part of that game. It cannot be. Because the Nitzayis disappeared in a second. The second after you experience that it, it's gone. It cannot continue. Only from Kedusha could continue, from the Mitzvah, from a black Gemara, even 50 years later, and after concentration camp, that old guy is still having a pleasure from the Gemara that he learned. That continues. To remember Hashem at that moment. And to be strong, and by remembering Hashem, you're able to extract that elokus. If you don't, if you overcome this taiva, you're able to take that elokus out from that thing and to and to be mizdabek to Hashem instead of giving into that thing. You take out the elokus from it. You don't do it. You don't do the aver. You pull out the elokus. You say this: anything that's here that could that is causing me to have this taiva is purely, purely ein oid movado. All of the levushim klipas are just. Confusing me, an ein oid malvado, and you go and you say a, a good capital tehillim. As a chelik sheshayich benitzayts, that chelik that Hashem wanted you to pull out from that, or makabel oisaylov, and that nitzayts of elokus, you're able to bring deeper than yourself to enjoy that elokus in a much deeper way with the capital tehillim that lasts forever. Okay, let's go down.